0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you never miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me on Twitter over at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players if they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of the 100. I was a promo code locked on. That's pricepix.com. promo code locked on. Okay, as you can uh, either see or hear, I am still not 100% back. I apologize uh, for not having shows last Thursday and Friday was sick all last week. I uh, made it through the first 3 days, then after that had no voice. Honestly was hacking up a lung so couldn't have sat here and talked. See all about the Carolina Panthers um, for 30 minutes and basically me the only, I mean, not basically me being the only person, so I do apologize, but when it's a solo show and I get sick, uh, there will be no episodes. So it sucks, but that is the reality of the situation. Thanks to all the folks out there that reached out uh, via Twitter asking me, hey man, where's the episodes? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I've been kind of sick and I don't really have a voice, can't really talk that long and still even here on this Monday morning getting this episode out to you. Excuse me, I'm still kind of struggling to uh, do this, but we're back. Uh, We'll be back all week, and, you know, last week was a bye week Panthers, there's nothing going on. I mean, the only conversation I could have really had outside of, you know, of course, the Friday mailbag. And I will answer some mailbag questions here on the back half of this show. The only thing I could have really gotten into was Matt Rule running his mouth and doing his whole media tour and making excuses for why things happened here in Carolina and why it didn't work out. And for me... I couldn't care less about what Matt Rule has to say about his tenure here in Carolina. He had a terrible record. He's probably never going to get another opportunity to coach in the National Football League. He didn't win enough games. So whether it was his call on players or not, we know what it was. David Tepper told us what it was when he fired Matt Rule. Uh, That was one of the few things he did tell us at that press conference. Matt Rule's tenure here in Carolina will always be looked upon as probably the worst tenure of any of the Carolina Panthers head coaches in the 28 seasons of Carolina Panthers football. And he can't win that back. (coughs) <coughs> he's not going to change any minds based off of what he's saying now and you can laugh at Matt rule having players decommit from Nebraska as if that's not happening everywhere in the country when a new coach comes in like that's just the reality of the situation in college football so yeah it's petty I don't blame you for laughing about it but you do sign kind of dumb when you do do that but yeah whatever Matt rule No longer here. No longer top of mind. Like, he really hasn't been the last seven weeks anyways. So, cool. Congrats to Nebraska. Best of luck. Here in Charlotte, you'll always be a pariah. And someone people are not going to look fondly up. So, that's where we're at with the Matt Rule thing. But as far as Sunday afternoon, the Carolina Panthers have a massive opportunity to really gain some true momentum. They open up as a six-point underdog on the road at Seattle on Sunday afternoon, I don't even know what they call the stadium anymore, but I think it's a 425 game Sunday afternoon in the P&W, one of my favorite cities in America outside of Charlotte. Wish I was going up there because I do love Seattle, do love being up in the Pacific Northwest. That's bet on line six-point underdogs that they're heading into that game. Seattle 7-5, and five, got the close win. Yesterday afternoon against the Rams, who are downtrodden, just a terrible Rams team that I think is now three and nine on the season. So wow, what happened to them? Geno Smith threw a career high over three hundred yards passing yesterday. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, both those guys went over hundred yards receiving. Like that looks like a playoff team to me. And now looking at Seattle, not Seattle, but San Francisco, losing Jimmy Garoppolo for the rest of the season with a foot injury. I understand Brock Purdy played well when they're winning against the Dolphins. Seattle's probably the team to beat out West in the NFC West and is looking at trying to host a home playoff game. So it's not just a big game for Carolina. It's become a massive game for them as they are clearly, in my opinion, the team that should win the NFC West. And no one would have thought that. But, this time of last year, if you had been told it would have happened, but really, especially four or five months ago, and even two or three months ago when the season started, that Seattle would be in this position. Now, I don't think many people thought seven weeks ago when the Carolina Panthers fired Matt Rule at the Panthers would also be in a position where they could be the NFC South champions, and they got even closer to it, at least being in contention, when Atlanta lost on Sunday to the Pittsburgh Steelers, now they're only a half game back of Atlanta. Tampa Bay and New Orleans play tonight on Monday Night Football. Everyone who's a Carolina Panthers fan that wants this team to go to the playoffs. Now, that's not everybody I'm talking to right now, but everyone who wants this team to have success and go to the playoffs should be rooting for New Orleans to win that game. If that happens, Carolina will be a game back of Tampa Bay heading into Sunday's matchup at Seattle. So feasibly, the Carolina Panthers could start off the week game back and then come out of Sunday night and be tied for first place in the NFC South. For all the folks out there who also want Steve Wilkes to be the permanent head coach here in Carolina, this is a game that his team has to win. I don't want to hear any excuses if they lose this football game on Sunday because for me, without the context of seeing what's going to happen, it's going to feel a lot like same old Panthers. You get a big win, you have a bye week, you lay an egg on the road if they lose on Sunday in Seattle. They could play a great game, but there's, not, no, there's nothing here where you can sit back and you can have moral victories. Because we're past that point with five games left to go. You have one of the worst schedules remaining in the NFL. This is a game you have to be able to come up with and win. I understand they can lose and still have an opportunity to beat Pittsburgh and a Detroit team that's looking really competitive the next two weeks at home before going on the road and finishing the season off against Tampa and at New Orleans, both on the road. So I understand all that. But Sunday is so important if you really want to announce yourself as a team that can actually be a playoff team this year. They have not won back-to-back games. They have not won a game on the road. They can do both of those on Sunday with the win in Seattle. So that game is one of the biggest games the Panthers have had in a few years. Didn't have any big games last year, honestly. I mean, we had the home caming, but that was still a point where the team was 500, yes, late in the season, but wasn't big and wasn't the big as far as I think the game in Seattle is on Sunday. And especially look at the history that this teams have with Seattle. I understand Russell Wilson's not there. Richard Sherman and all of those guys from the Legion of Boom. But still when the Panthers were trying to get over the hump back when Steve Wilkes' first year under Ron Rivera, this was the team that they needed to get over. And this again is the team they have to be able to prevail against on Sunday if they want to position themselves in the NFC as far as the NFC South standings go with the big win on Sunday. So this is the biggest Panthers game I remember them having in a few seasons because, honestly, we just have not been in it late in the season. And because the NFC South is terrible and Steve Wilkes has been able to circle the wagons, the Panthers are still playing meaningful football games in December, which is what everyone should want. I understand draft picks. I understand quarterbacks and all of that. But this team has a chance to take advantage of a weak division and a weak schedule to finish off the season and host a playoff game at Bank of America Stadium for the first time since 2015. That's a long time, y'all. So I'm hoping to see it, but they got to win on Sunday at Seattle where they open up a six-point dogs against the Seahawks Sunday afternoon out in the P&W. Okay, as I told y'all, going to answer some mailbag questions. A lot of y'all, of course, ask about the quarterback situation, like what do they do depending on how things end up and whether that's even the right decision at all. So take a quick pause here on the show, come back and answer some of your weekly Friday mailbag on a Monday. Questions here on Locked on Panthers. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine & More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. You'll love what you find only at Total Wine & More. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. b 21. At Lockdown Panthers, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holiday season. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Panther listeners forty percent off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here is why I love it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report in a third year in a row. That is, in an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe, to capture critical evidence and. Verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Simply Safe is home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss a chance to say big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash on NFL today. That's simplysafe.com slash on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, uh, usually we do this on Friday, but I did not be able to do it on Friday because, of course, I was under the weather, like I told y'all, and I was struggling with the old voice. Uh, still got a little issue with the old voice box today, but we're going to get into some mailbag questions here on a Monday edition of Locked on Panthers. Didn't want to leave people hanging and I already had a couple questions that kind of already have been answered. Like someone asked me about, hey, man, what about Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington? Could he be a, a, a likely guy in the second round? Well, Michael Penix Jr. is going to stay in Seattle and give it an old six year. They were killing the board in the Huskies who won 10 games, which is great for them and great for him. But uh, yeah, so he's off the board. But there's other quarterbacks that we can, of course, discuss. Will Levis has already declared for the draft. Uh, Haven't heard anything from Bryce Young yet. I imagine that's going to happen. And then, of course, CJ Stroud is kind of focused on winning a national championship. So we'll have the conversation, of course, throughout the next four months. But let's get into some mailbag questions here from Natalie. We said, hi, Julian. Want to run something by you. I apologize for the length. Okay. Uh, this is the top 10 in the NFL QB index for this week. So last week, along with the draft picks, Patrick Mahomes, number one, he was 10th overall, Jalen Hurts, Is number two, the third overall. Number three is Josh Allen, who was seventh overall. Tua Tungalola is number four, fifth overall. Joe Burrow, number five, first overall. Uh, Lamar Jackson, sixth, is 32nd overall. Uh, Justin Fields, seventh, was 11th overall. Gina Smith, who's eighth, was 39th overall. Tom Brady, of course, uh, was ninth. He was 199th overall, never forget. And Dak Prescott, who's 10th, was 135th pick overall. So she says only two were picked in the top five picks. Four weren't even picked in the first round. If you look at all those who were drafting the first five picks of the past 10, 20, past 20 years, most have been busts. My question is, are we more likely to be successful picking CJ or Bryce or to develop Matt Corral or even Sam Darnold? I know. I know. Maybe we should use our first round and get Will Anderson or Miles Murray if they are available rather than taking a risk on a top five quarterback. Yes. So we're seeing that it's not as simple as you take a quarterback in the top 10 and that quarterback becomes the answer. For me, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers taking a quarterback, it comes down to you have to just go about it the traditional fashion. After trading for Sam, that not working out. After trading for Baker, that not working out. And really not even getting an opportunity so what Matt Corral could do this season. So that's kind of where I stand with that. Now, with that being said, I totally understand that it's not a guarantee. Because if it was a guarantee, then everyone in the NFL would be taking quarterback in the first round and no one would be trying to find these quarterbacks. They wouldn't be going through all these links to find it. But what I think we're seeing nowadays is that there's more than one way, and I guess, to skin a cat in a way. I mean, obviously Mahomes, they traded up to get him, but they had already had a guy in Alex Smith who had taken him to a point where was, this was a good playoff team in Kansas City. The Panthers didn't do that. They could have done that with Teddy Bridgewater where they could have built the roster and then brought a quarterback into a better situation, but they were impatient. Jalen Hurts, the Eagles were already a good football team. They had won a Super Bowl not too far off of that. They had been in the playoffs. Hurts comes in as insurance for Carson Wentz, and we're seeing how that's working out right now. Josh Allen, more of the traditional sense. I mean, they had been a playoff team as well. Then they went up, got Josh Allen. That's worked out well for them. Tua, that was a tanking approach. Joe Burrow, the Bengals, not really tanking. They're just the Bengals. And then the Ravens, good team, decided, hey, let's trade up. Let's get Lamar. And we saw how that worked out. Fields. Kind of, they traded up, similar kind of approach. Geno Smith, second-round flyer. It didn't work out in New York, but now, later on in his career, he's had a renaissance, and he looks really good in Seattle, and we know how things worked out with Tom Brady and the Drew Bledsoe thing, and then Dak Prescott just looked great in the preseason. Romo gets hurt, and he he does everything he needs to do. So it's not as simple as take a quarterback in the top ten. Now, for me, it has to come down to taking the right guy. You have to take the guy you really believe in. If they have three quarterbacks that they believe in in the top ten and one of them is available, then you use the pick on that guy. If they have three quarterbacks you believe in the top ten and none of them are available, then either trade out or get the best player available that can help your team. And you certainly could use another edge rusher like a Will Anderson or a Miles Murphy out of Alabama and Clemson, respectively. So you can't just be married to the idea of just taking quarterback to take quarterback. That's what they did last year with Matt Corral. You got to pick the right guy, the guy that you really believe in. And that does not mean that guy's going to work out. But for me, you can't. You got to stay disciplined in this. And, and Federer has talked about it. They certainly have to practice what they preach this season if they're going to go out there and find the right guy for this team. Now, let's see. Moving forward um, to Eric, who's also asking the quarterback question. And Eric, Kyle, and Owen all asking basically the same question about Darnold and Corral. Um, Eric says, try to be happy about the Panthers winning, but can't help but think about the need of drafting a quarterback. We end up 6-11 or around that mark. That may put us out of range. Do, we, do you expect that the Panthers would trade up to get a quarterback or try and ride out a Darnold-Corral-Walker-led team and go best available? Kyle asking a similar question, being that the Panthers end up winning a few games, lose a chance to take a quarterback. Do you think they move forward with Sam or, or in Corral or draft a later quarterback prospect or fill in a different position? You know, when it's been a year of the quarterback, merry-go-round, do we A, draft the quarterback, or B, hold out for Matt Corral and see what he can do? So a lot of questions in there. Basically, just a different way to word every single one of them. Um, if they need to tra- trade up, I do think they'll trade up. They were able to get some picks from the 49ers of McCaffrey that basically equate to a first-round pick. They can certainly use those to move up. That means then you're losing some of the picks that you had. But if that's what they got to do, I think they'll do it. Is that what I want them to do? Not necessarily, but if that's what they feel like the best path forward is, then that's what they'll do. Now, I don't necessarily think that they want to do the whole ride it out with Darnold, Corral, and Walker just because they couldn't get a quarterback in the draft. If anything, if that comes down to a point where they're going to ride it out with Sam and Matt Corral next year, it's because Sam Darnold plays well over the next five weeks and the Panthers went to the playoffs. Other than that, I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to be like, yeah, we're just going to throw it in the towel. Because if that's the case, that's what they should have done this past year was ride it out, especially seeing how things didn't work out with Baker. And there was a point in time in the summer where I was saying, just move on. You didn't bring in Baker during OTAs and mandatory many camps. Just move on. Like, I understand, like, the when it happened that the best thing for the Panthers was to try and give it a go, and Matt Rule's the one who's pushing for that. He'll probably lead you to believe that it wasn't his idea, but whatever. But they, that was the best path forward in a way, like, they needed to do something. But also, I had the thought of, why don't you just write it out? Like, you believed in this guy last year. You have a better infrastructure with the offensive line this season. Why not? He's been here all offseason. Why not give him an opportunity? So the only way I see them writing it out next year with corral and with darnold and maybe even pj is if sam darnold plays well the next five weeks and the panthers go to the playoffs and i guess steve wilkes is probably still the head coach here that's like how i see that happening and as far as like do you take a quarterback later on why would you do that you just drafted matt corral last season if you're gonna take a quarterback in a draft it needs to be someone who's among the top prospects early in the first round There does not need to be hey let's just take a a kid like somebody i don't know what's uh the quarterback at Stanford, I forget his name. Uh, let's not just take him to take him like they did with Matt Corral in the third round last year. You already have that dude that you took in the middle part of the draft. Take a quarterback in the first round or we'll see how it pans out. Because honestly, it's hard to even really a- answer these questions without knowing how the next five weeks play out. Like we really need to see the next five weeks play out and see how Sam Darnold plays. And I know, I know, I know. You're like, and like Natalie said, you're probably thinking yourself, okay, well, we know Sam's not the answer. And I agree. He's not the answer, but it's possible. But it's possible. Like with Geno Smith, we saw things didn't work out early in his career. Now, Geno's a lot more experienced in this league than Sam Darnold is, but we've seen the first four years things didn't work out for Sam. Maybe what Sam needed was a sit for a little bit, like Geno sat for a long time, recalibrate, get some perspective on some things, and then come in, not be asked to be the entire offense, which he's not being asked to do because he has a running game. And, hell, Steve Wilkes does not want that to be the case, and then he can have success. His first game was fine, 11-for-19, one touchdown, one of them rushing as well. Didn't turn it over. Could have. at the goal line, as we saw. But Sam, you know, played a solid game. Can he do that again in the next five weeks? So we'll have to see how it really plays out before I can really answer these questions definitively. Like, I have, like, kind of my principled stances and ideas of, like, how I would I like for them to approach it. But still, like, here on December 5th, pretty hard for me just to say, like, this is absolutely what they should do when approaching the draft moving forward. Okay, let me take another quick pause here on the show, come back, and answer uh, a couple more of these weekly Friday mailbag questions on a Monday here on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, let's talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. So how does Picks work? You pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Picks projection, you can going up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. This includes the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA Tour, college football, men's, and women's Basketball, soccer, the World Cup still going on over in Qatar, NASCAR, tennis, cricket, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast draws. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the price picks, app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. When you download the Price Picks app, we're going to pricepicks.com today.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: All right, let's answer a couple more questions here, then get out of here on this Monday edition. Um, The next time I record, We'll be, I guess, later on this afternoon, because I usually record the day before. For the YouTube people, I typically put out the episode from the next day. So, like, if it's Monday show, of course, that's always Sunday. But if it's, like, a Tuesday show, I usually put it out on YouTube, like, on, like, Monday night. Um, but I'm going to be doing it all in the morning this week, just so everything kind of has enough space for people to view it before putting out the next episode. Then we'll get back to, like, next week being the normal, like, the night before you'll get the, uh, the YouTube part of the episode, whereas the podcast comes out at uh, midnight. West Coast time every day, so we'll get back to that um, starting tomorrow at least for the podcast people. But as far as the YouTube people, going to probably be coming out around 7 a.m. the rest of the week. That's typically when the Friday mailbag show comes out. So just uh, give you all a heads up there, programming wise. But um, won't be able to record after Monday night football, so won't really know the result. But of course, we'll uh, have more things to talk about. I don't know if Steve wilkes talks today or not, but we'll have things I'll figure out to talk about here with Carolina Panthers uh, later on. But uh, Here's your uh, episode for today, of course. Um, over to Fred, who uh, had a question about Shaq Thompson. Like, Shaq will renegotiate his deal to stay next year, or will he sign slash draft a replacement, or will we sign slash draft a replacement? Yeah, so Shaq Thompson, I looked this up a couple weeks ago. And I, I still believe that um, if the Carolina Panthers move off of Shaq Thompson, they would then have $13 million that they would save in cap space and then there will also be a dead cap hit. Let's see if the spot track will pop up for me and give me more definitive answer here on Shaq Thompson and his contract. As, hey, we're doing the podcast. We're doing it live. My Wi-Fi is going slow. Um, okay, so let's look at it. Shaq Thompson, he's under contract next season. There's not really an out in his contract looking at it because he's renegotiated the last couple of years. So, yeah, there are no cap savings for the Carolina Panthers. Well, actually, hold on. That's right now. 2023 is what I need to look at. All right, so there are cap savings. They would save $13 million uh, against the cap if they release him or trade him before June 1st, and then there would be an $11.3 million dead cap hit next season because, of course, they kicked the can down the road two years in a row with Shaq Thompson and restructuring. If they were able to release him after June 1st or trade him, it's basically the exact same thing. $13 million in cap savings and a dead cap hit is all – In 2023 and not moving over to 2024, which is typically you can split it a lot of times post-June 1st. So the Panthers got to weigh the option of, do you kind of just deal with it? Do you restructure again? Do you do some sort of extension? What do you do with Shaq Thompson? He's going to be 29 next season. I think if Steve Wilkes is still here, Wilkes is going to want Shaq Thompson on this roster. If it's another coach here in Carolina, I think Shaq Thompson is probably going to be one of those cap casualties, even though like, you're still going to have to eat $11 million in dead cap space. I do think the Panthers need to look via the draft to try and find a long-term answer at linebacker. Because past 2023, of course, unless they give him an extension to kind of you know get some cap flexibility and relief in 2023, it's hard to believe that Shaq Thompson is going to be here past next season. So, yeah, they need to find an answer. Like Brandon Smith, we have not seen that much of him this year at the linebacker spot. Former DC here in Carolina, Phil Snow, talked about he would think he'd start at some point in time. Of course, Snow's not here anymore to kind of see that through. And Shaq's played well the last couple of weeks. Of course, um, Frankie Blue has been awesome this year. They got to find somebody else, though. And I think the second round of the draft is absolutely a spot where you might be looking for a linebacker as you have two picks. So, we'll see what happens. I, 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 it's awesome. It's like it's one of those things like with Darnold and quarterbacks. It's so dependent on how things play out the next five weeks and where they are. Because, like, if Darnold, like, reveals himself to be that dude the next five weeks, then you got to have – that changes the entire calculus of, like, your quarterback contract structure. Because the thing is, what Scott Fitter talked about is he wants someone to stabilize that position. If Sam Darnold goes out there and does that, then, like, I think he'll be financially compensated accordingly. If he doesn't, then, like, they'll have to get a quarterback, and then that kind of can give you some relief. Because when you have that rookie quarterback contract, like Fitter was talked about, that gives you the ability to be able to pay guys like Burns is going to need to get paid. I guess Chin's – I don't know if Chin's going to get paid now after being injured, um, but he'll get paid eventually. But at least I don't think it's going to happen this offseason. There's other things they got to figure out with with the salary cap and contracts and all that kind of revolves around a quarterback. So I think for Shaq Thompson, it kind of is similar. Like, is Wilk still here? What happens with the quarterback situation? It's really hard to say right now definitively how that plays out for uh, for Shaq Thompson and the Carolina Panthers. Okay, um, over to Jason, which will be the last one of the day. Uh, Jason said, hey, Julian, thanks for the great job you do on Locked on Panthers. Watch YouTube daily. Um, appreciate your time and effort. Yeah, sorry about not being here the last couple of days, Jason. Appreciate that. Uh, he said, glad we got the win against Denver, even though it dropped us in the draft. I, for one, wouldn't mind seeing us win a few more games. I mean, honestly... Who's the last Ohio State or Bama quarterback to really work out with a lot of success in the league? Um, well, two is doing pretty damn well, obviously. Uh, They're in Miami. Jalen Hurts is doing well. Mac Jones was a Pro Bowler last year. So, I don't know if the Bama one's quite right, but Ohio State is weird. Excuse me, the Ohio State University. Uh, it's, re- it's weird that they haven't had like anybody step up. But I- I'm not going to sit here and look at the program and be like, oh, hey, like a quarterback can't be successful out of that. Like NC State doesn't win anything and look how many successful quarterbacks they've had come out at NC State. So I don't necessarily think it matters. Like, is that because of NC State, or is it just because, like, the individual was actually really good? Like, Justin Fields has stepped up, and he's figured things out. I think he did have a couple backbreaking picks yesterday, and they lost to the Packers. But then again, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. So I, I hear I hear what you're saying, but I really, like, leading up to the draft, I, I really don't want to do this for months on in. With the lazy, he went to Ohio State, so clearly he can't work out. It's like, okay, let's look at other things. Like, I mean, Stroud doesn't really run, and it's not like he can't run, but like, does that limit your offense? Stroud doesn't really handle pressure well. Like, let's talk about things like that, opposed to like the same lazy, oh man, he went to Ohio State. So, I'm not really trying to call you out, Jason, but like saying that as a PSA to all the people out there. And like, Bama, it started to work out for those quarterbacks recently. And I feel like Bryce is probably gonna be just fine as well. But then again, it's a crapshoot and no one really knows. But he also goes on to say, with that being said, if we wind up picking in the middle of the first round, would you rather see us go tight end or linebacker? And why? Assuming top quarterbacks are gone, that is. Both linebacker and tight end are major needs along, the course, of quarterback, but now that O-line has been fixed. Which would you pick if you were making the call and who would it be? Well, was it it Michael Mayer at, at Notre Dame, who was just an absolute freak at tight end? Like I would love to have that guy. I don't know where he is listed as far as far as um, the the big boards, but tight end would be sick to see, um, especially a player of his caliber. Uh, The other one, linebacker. I'm just uh, who the linebackers. I don't know who the top linebackers coming out of college are. Honestly, like when I because I'm I'm still in the mode with college football where i'm just like watching the games like i'm not thinking about like oh hey like who's going to be like a top draft pick like that's just not like where my i just don't watch college football in the lens of oh man like could this dude be like really good on Sundays like there are players that you watch like yeah they're probably going to be pretty good um and i'm looking at a mock draft right now from the draft network and for whatever reason, they have Will Levis going number one to the Houston Texans, which would be hilarious. And honestly, I hope that's what happens. But I'm, now I'm just kind of trying to go through it and see if they have any linebackers even listed in the first round. Um, if my computer will cooperate, which it's not going to cooperate right now as far as loading up the rest of this draft. Um, so, I don't know. Tied in, Michael Mayer. He would make sense. He's been fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking at at least this person's. Uh, mock draft, and I'm not seeing a single linebacker that they have going in the first round. They have they have they have Mayor going 20th to Seattle in this mock draft currently. So, Panthers in the middle of draft, <coughs> at least in the first round, he will be available, and I would be I'd be for that. So, yeah, tight end would be great. I mean, add the blocking ability, uh, of course, the pass catching ability to add another element. I think this team does need more weapons as far as the pass game goes for whoever's going to be quarterback next year. So Matt, Michael Mayer at Notre Dame would be my pick if we're going to go tight end linebacker. I, I would love to have him here in Carolina. Okay, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hosted by yours, truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to watch show, subscribe to the show. over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just be able to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And also, at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. But follow me first there on Twitter, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate. And this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. In the meantime, stay safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Tuesday.